Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Let's talk about giants. We all have giants in our lives. And you ever hear of the expression, do you ever hear of an expression called a giant of a problem? You've heard that, I'm sure. Sometimes you feel like a problem or something that you have to do or something that you are praying about or praying for just seems to be too big to be managed by you. It just seems totally out of reach. It seems like it's an impossibility. You ever feel like that problem or, 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 or whatever it is that has you maybe with some anxiety is just so large that that thing has become a giant of a problem. That's what these issues of life are often called. They're called Goliath problems, as a matter of fact. You can probably figure out where I'm going with this, but the question for today is how can I stand up to my giants with confidence? If you have giants in your life, the question is, how can you stand up with confidence to face those giants? And we all know where that expression started, the Goliath of a problem. So let's go to the word of God. We have to always go there for consulting to make sure that we're on, on track. Go to 1 Samuel 17. 1, 1 uh, Samuel chapter 17. And we're going to look at the account of David and Goliath. And as you're hearing and we're going through this account, I want you to think about the giants that are in your life. The problems and things that may stand before you, that you may seem, may, right now may seem to be so impossible. The giants before us, those Goliaths, can we stand before them with confidence? Those, those Goliaths in our lives could also be not only in things and things we're wanting for, it could be in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, in the shape or the form of people. That Goliath standing before you could be a, peop- a person, something that you're wrestling with there. But let's see what the word of God says. We're going to go to 17, and we're not going to start at the very beginning because you know, you know the, the, uh, the, the uh, previous parts. So we're going to go right to verse number 31. Verse number 31. And when the words were heard which David spake, they, re- they rehearsed them before Saul and sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine, referring to Goliath, of course. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to stand against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of his flock. And I went out after him and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Okay? So you can put a bracket around all of that. And the first thing that we see there that we can, we can garner from that is that the first thing, this Goliath was a giant that he had to come against. So right away, David equated that problem with his past problem. And his past problem he quickly recognized was the bear and the lion and so forth. And he realized that God had delivered him from that. So the same way he has this confidence, the same way God delivered me from that bear and that lion, that he will also deliver me from this Philistine. Okay, so he has the confidence. Verse 37 says, David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. 
And Saul said, and, and Saul armed David with his armor, and he put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David took them off. So in other words, Saul gave him the armor that is commonly used in battle, and he put them on, and he felt that this, this armor was not for him. It was unwieldy. You see, so the same thing with us when we have problems and there's a Goliath that is in our life that we're trying to overcome, that we don't go using man's ways of overcoming that particular problem. We don't look to who can we call on the phone? Who can we figure out that's going to solve this problem for us? We have to always remember that God is the one where, where we find our confidence. So David said, this armor I can't deal with the way that most, most men in the army would be fighting with. So I can't go with this. I'm going to take it off. He goes on to say in 40, in verse 40, and he took his, and he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script and, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Underline there in verse 40, 40, chose five smooth stones out of the brook. It's very interesting that God, through Holy Spirit, in having this particular First Samuel book written, that God decides to emphasize that it was five smooth stones. God could have just said to write smooth stones, but he says five. Why five? Five, if you've, if you've uh, studied biblical numerics, and I'm not talking about numerology, I'm talking about numerics, you'll see that the number five is the number of grace. Number five in biblical numerics is the number of grace. So five stones here representing grace, and they were smooth stones in the brook because as they had been there, they had been washed by the water over the millennia. And as those stones were washed over, over the millennia, those stones became smooth. We're in 1 Samuel 17. Those stones became smooth. And as because of the fact that they were smooth, that means that they were aerodynamically sound in that they could travel through the air very, very smoothly. Those of us who have done stone skipping in a brook or something, you ever tried throwing smooth stones and have them skip over the water? Okay, you want to get a stone that's smooth. You, you tried doing it with a jagged rock, and over the years, I mean, I was a kid once, believe it or not, I, it, it sinks rather quickly if you try to use just an old plain old jagged rock. You get a smooth stone, it'll travel very, very truly and smoothly through the water. So it says here, God makes a point of putting out five smooth stones, five smooth stones being aerodynamically sound, and five with a number of grace. It continues in 41. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. That Goliath that may be in the form of you, if it's in the form of a problem or in the form of a person or in the form of someone that is around you or near to you that knows of the problem, they can also in a way disdain you also, saying that you are not worthy. You're not worthy to even try to overcome this problem. How dare you even try? Why don't you just fold, lay back and just go along with the issue and just shut your mouth and be quiet and do not resist. Do not resist. Okay, he said he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. Side note, don't let people put you down. Don't dare let anyone say that you cannot accomplish something or that you won't accomplish something. You're a child of God. And lo and behold, that individual who is trying to hold you back was maybe disdaining you and saying that you cannot accomplish it. They don't know who they're talking to. They don't know the awesome power that is in you, that is driving you, that is counseling you, that is guiding you. So do not let people disdain you from when, when God is telling you that there's a role and something for you to do. 
Verse 43 continues and says, And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee unto my hand. Please underline verse number 46, that first part. This day will the Lord deliver thee unto my hand. Can you stand before your giants with confidence? Can you really stand before your giants with confidence? Are you listening indeed to what God may be saying to you through that phrase there? Are you listening and realizing that the way he said to him, this day will the Lord deliver thee unto my hand. If you're able to stand before your giants with confidence, you have to realize that this day God will deliver you from whatever it is that you may be wrestling with. The things in life just come and go so quickly. We wind up, we wind up, oh, bowing our knees and get weak at the knees when a problem comes into my life. But can you face that problem with confidence? If you know that God is with you, that God is going to be with you. And as a matter of fact, come Monday morning, if there's an issue that stands before you come Monday, tomorrow. If there's a decision that you need to make. If there's something going on in your life that you have a problem with, that you're having a hard time dealing with. You have to, starting today, starting tonight, saying that tomorrow, tomorrow, that day, will the Lord deliver me. God can deliver you. Can you stand before your Goliaths with confidence? Or do you get weak need? He goes on, I'll read 46 again. This day will the Lord deliver thee unto my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And he's giving the glory back to God. You ever stop to think that by you confessing that I will go forth and I will meet this problem that is before me, I will overcome this problem with confidence because the God that is with me is greater than any problem that's out there. Can you really believe that in your spirit? Or is it fine for you to sit here today on this Sunday morning hearing this word and then come Monday morning when all of a sudden all heck starts breaking loose and the giants in your life rise up before you that you forget these very scriptures? That you forget these scriptures that I can overcome with confidence. I can meet this problem with confidence because the God of Israel is with me. The Holy Spirit of the living God is in me. The Holy Spirit of the living God shall give me guidance. So tell me what to say and what to do. Or do you just fold? See, how quickly we can hear these things while we're in church. But then come Monday morning and the rest of the week when the problems actually present themselves, how quickly do we forget the words that we've heard? Can you face the giants in your life with confidence? See? And we've all been there in 2018. Many of you had some challenging times in 2018 and you came through them. Because at some point in your life, after in 2018, at some point when you were wrestling and struggling with the problem, you realized that God is here with me. And I can face this problem with confidence. And the difference is between a, a Christian, a child of God, facing the, the giant, the Goliath in your life with confidence, is that we don't fold. We don't get up to go to church on a Sunday morning and remember all of a sudden there's a problem and it's not, oh gosh, I'm going to climb back in bed because I can't face the problem. You go forth with confidence. David was the only one, this young lad, who was bold enough to go and face that giant Goliath. Why? Not because of his physical stature, but because based on his past experience with the lion and the bear, where God delivered him, he remembered that God will also bring me, bring me through this. Not on, and on top of that, he was incensed. 
He was annoyed. He was simply mad because this Philistine, this uncircumcised pig, would dare curse his God. Do you love God enough? Do you care about God enough that you can put aside whomever is in your life that is trying to bring you away from God? That's what Goliath was trying to do. Whip me and I'll be your slave. However, if I beat you, all of Israel shall be my slaves. In a way, that Goliath in your life, that problem that is in your life in the form of a thing, of a person, of an event that's in your life, that's what that problem is saying to you, that I shall whip you. And you shall bow and you shall kowtow to what I am saying, that you are a failure. I'm going to whip you so that you even stop trying. And the farthest extent which I've seen happen, and you say, oh, Pastor, that could never happen, where someone would walk away from the Lord. Oh, I've seen it. Where the circumstances, the Goliaths in their lives become so, so great. They do not face those Goliaths with any confidence in the Lord. And so when they're challenged by circumstances, by people, by events, they wind up folding to the point where they're saying, God can't help me. God can't help me. And they decide to just give up and go the other way. Okay? But as Jesus said, all those that come before me and say, Lord, Lord, he will say, depart me because I don't know you. We can't live our lives having to have our feet in both worlds. You're a child of God, and as such, you have a foot in the spiritual kingdom of God. So we need to stop and we need to think, how do we whip these Goliaths in our lives? Can I stand with confidence? Verse 47, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will, will give you unto our hands. Please underline, for the battle of, is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Whatever's going on in your life, the battle is not your battle. It's God's battle. It's God's battle. And you have to remind yourself of that. It happens to me. Don't think because I'm standing up here as pastor that, that I'm unique. Not at all. Many things present themselves in life, and, and I, if I'm not careful, I get caught up in it. And I have to remind myself that this is not my battle. It's God's battle. Give it to the Lord. Verse 48 says, And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David with, uh, that David, um, hasted and ran toward the enemy to meet the Philistine. Please underline there that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Can you stand before that giant with confidence? Can you go before that giant that's in your life with haste? Or do we hesitate? Procrastination is one of the greatest weapons that Satan has against the child of God. Procrastination, putting off. And there's a problem in your life, run towards it. David didn't, didn't go inching about, should I, should I, a step at a time, inching inch and No, 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 says he ran towards the problem. You've got an issue that comes up in your life, you run towards it. Don't turn back away from it. You put on the armor of God and you remember who you are in Christ Jesus in that you are not alone. You think God doesn't see that giant? You think God doesn't see that issue that's in your life? You think God doesn't know what that person, that thing, that, 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 that situation, that event is trying to do to you? So you run towards the problem with haste. Don't hesitate. Don't put it off until tomorrow. You ever stop and think that the thing that I put off until tomorrow may not be a tomorrow for you? I'm not trying to scare people. I'm saying don't put off till tomorrow that which you can do today. Amen? Amen? Verse 48. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, um, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone. Now it goes from five to a stone. One. To a stone and slang it. And smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. 
David took one stone, one signified, signifying the unity, the oneness of God. That giant that stands before you, you stand before it with confidence. You run towards it. And you take the grace of God, take the unity of God, the oneness of God that is in you, and you fire that weapon. You fire that weapon. You go at that problem in the name of Jesus. You don't, and, you don't, and you don't run from it. It says that it sank into his forehead in the stone, uh, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And, and when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. They fled. He licked the problem. If you notice, it says that David did not have a sword, a sword but he finished the problem with Goliath's sword. I have seen it happen many times. Even in a court, there are those things that were planned, that were being practiced, that were being promulgated. The one who was, who was plotting the evil, nefarious plan was the one that his own words were turned against him to overcome him and defeat him. Here, how does that represent itself in your life? Whatever is going on in your life, whatever giants might be before you, if you are bold enough and have confidence to face that giant, knowing that God is with you, the very tactics, the very schemes, the very plans, the very actions that those or it or that problem may be presenting to you will be turned upon itself. Well, all you have to do is have confidence in God. Can you stand before God with confidence? Daniel also faced the giant. But he stood there with confidence when he was thrown into the lion's den. We're not going to go there right now, but you all know the story. Daniel didn't go into that lion's den crying and, oh, don't send me. <laughs> don't send me. Don't send me. Oh, Lord, no, no, no. He went in there very calm, cool and collected. Matter of fact, he kind of said that he slept. <laughs> then he took those lions and made pillows and a comforter out of them and went to sleep and had no problems at all being there. He faced his problem with confidence. Joshua faced his problem with confidence. Remember when Moses had died? And, and, and God said that I, you're going to go and finish the job. And I'm paraphrasing. Joshua didn't say, oh, no, Lord. How, oh, no, no, no. He faced it with confidence. Why? Because what were the words in Joshua 1.8? Be strong. Be strong. Be of good courage. For the Lord thy God is with you. I say to you today, be strong. Be of good courage. For the Lord thy God is with you. Be strong and be of good courage. For the Lord thy God is with you. Be strong and be of good courage, for the Lord thy God is with you. And it goes for everything that's in your life. Things that you're praying for, things that you're hoping for. You're looking for advancement. You're looking for this. You're looking for that. You're looking for a house. You're looking for a, for a car. You're looking for a new position. You're, you're looking for a, a situation in your life to, to be straightened out that seems to be impossible. People that you're dealing with, oh, family, friends, work things, whatever it is that's going in your life. Be strong and be of good courage, for the Lord thy God is with you. And while at the time it just may seem impossible, you bang your head against the wall, you say, oh, Lord, why me? Why do I have to go through this again? Why do I have to tell? Why, why, why? Be bold. The Lord thy God is with you. Face your problem with confidence. For Joshua to think that he had to go and fill Moses' shoes had to be quite, quite a shakeup to him. What large, huge, huge shoes to have to fill. But God said, this is what I'm going to do. As you go into 2019... And you become more tuned to Holy Spirit. That is if you really want to be tuned to the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is speaking to you. 
you'll know when God is telling you to do something. You know. Jesus said, my sheep hear and know my voice. Jesus doesn't lie. All of us here are born again children of the living God. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, so therefore you should know his voice. You should know his voice. When you're about to do that which God has told you not to do, or when you are about to not do what God has told you to do, you'll hear that voice and you should recognize it. And you should know that if this is God telling you this, Joshua, go forth. You're going to take Moses' place. When you hear God's voice, the same way Joshua maybe felt some, some angst, some hesitation, but he knew that the Lord, my God, is with me. Fear not. Be of good courage. He remembered then, if God is telling me to do this, then this is what? It's God's will. So why would God have a will for you to do something, to accomplish something, and not give you the wherewithal to do it? God doesn't work that way. God doesn't stand back and wait for you to try to do something and then let you fail and they say, aha, gotcha. No, God doesn't work that way. So in 2019, recognize the moment. Recognize when God may be telling you to do something or to not do something. But God is telling you to, to, to trust me. You've got a giant standing before you, but I will give you the equipment to overcome. So stand before this giant with confidence. In order to face your giants with confidence, you must have boldness, because confidence breeds boldness. Let's go to Hebrews 4. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4, verse number 9. Okay? Confidence births or breeds boldness. But even in order to have confidence, we must learn to rest in God. Verse number 9. There remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. This is in the line, he also has ceased from his own works. So in other words, rest comes when that thing that you're wrestling with, that things that you, you are trying to accomplish, that Goliath that you're facing, when you finally realize that all of the stuff that I've been doing, all of the actions that I have been taking, is just not working. You need to rest from your own works. You need to cease from them, okay? Rest, cease from his own works. And God did for, as God did from his. Verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall under the same example of unbelief. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Underline the word labor. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. So in other words, if there's any work to be done at all, you should be, you should be working to, to get into God's rest. Not working into accomplishing or solving that Goliath of a problem that is before you. You need to be focusing, focusing on, on, on getting into God's rest. Okay? Unless any man should fall under the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discoverer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature... 
Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of, who, of him with whom we have to do. God knows all that's going on in your life. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. Underline the hold fast to our profession. If God is saying to hold fast to something, that means that there's a possibility that it can be stolen. God would not be telling you to hold on to something if there isn't some reason, some way that you could possibly lose it. So that means that you've got to hold on to what you know God is, God is and who God is in your life. You've got to hold on to that fact. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, under, underline the word bold, let us therefore be, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So hold boldly. Okay? Hold boldly. Hold boldly. So that means then that we need to, to, to seek boldness in God. Confidence builds boldness. If you're confident in something, then there's a boldness about it. If you're standing on the bus stop and you, or let's say you're waiting for your, some loved one or a friend or whatever that you know very well to pick you up, then you stand there with confidence because of that person's track record that they're going to be there to pick you up. So you don't stand on that bus stop worrying or on that part of the street worrying because you know that person will be there. Well, you've got to have that same confidence when it comes down to the things of God. Can you stand up to the giants, your giants, with confidence? And last scriptures here in closing is Luke 21. Luke 21, Luke 21, and we're just going to start with verse 8. Oops. Looked kind of strange because that was not Luke. Okay, Luke 21 and verse 8. This is a part of the Olivet Discourse, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. We're just starting with verse number eight. And he said, take heed that you be not deceived. Take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go you not, therefore, after them. Please underline not. Go you not, therefore, after them. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass. But the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in divers places or various places, and famine and pestilences and fearful signs, sights and great signs that shall be from heaven. But before all of these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into the prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall, shall turn you, it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. Please underline 14. Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth, underline I, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all of your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Amen? Amen? So we see with the way the world is going, and more closely related to us, obviously this country, we see what's happening. 
don't know if you've been following what's been going on around the world in this country relative to Christianity and so forth like that. There is a, 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 a decisive dis- difference where other religions and so forth, without getting too specific, are given more, are given more uh, uh, credence or more leeway, if you will, or more patience or whatever you want to call it than Christianity. So you as a child of God, you don't know when that's going to hit in your locality, so to speak, being your job, your home or wherever it is that you traverse the, the, the course of the day. But Jesus is saying what he's basically saying is that whatever someone is trying to do or to say to you, whenever you're called upon where, where your words might make the, the deciding moment on what your outcome may be, don't worry about it. Holy Spirit will give you the words. Okay. And you'll see that as you grow in the Lord or as you have grown in the Lord, that someone can be putting something before you and there's something that you must answer that you are uncertain of. That you can actually stand there without batting an eyelash and you can simply say, without saying a word, you don't have to say to that person, hold it a minute, let me go get my Bible, let me read it for a minute and then pray real quick so I can see what my answer is to you. You can stand right there and look them right in the eye and simply say, Lord, give me the words. How shall I answer? And you'll be surprised how Holy Spirit will fill your mouth with words that need to be said, that will bring you out of that situation. So knowing all that, the question again is to you, how do you face your giants? Do you face your giants with confidence? Whatever is going on in your life and whatever is to come in your life, 2019, we're only in the second week of 2019, and I've seen things that are going on that right away indicates that what I've been feeling in my spirit for the last six months is indeed going to come to pass in 2019. Believe it, don't believe it, that's entirely up to you. My job is to simply to tell you. And once I tell you, then God takes responsibility off of me. And I'm saying to you that you need to be prepared. And I'm not speaking doom and gloom, not at all. As a matter of fact, it's just the opposite. I'm speaking joy to you. I'm speaking hope to you. Because while things may go to heck in a handbasket, as they say, God is not going to permit you to be that way. You're not going to get caught up in that if you're strong in the Lord. If you can stand before that Goliath, that giant in your life with confidence, that God will bring you through. Of course, the criteria, the qualifier for that, God bringing you through, the qualifier for that is, of course, if you're doing his will. Okay? God's not going to let you successfully rob a bank in 2019 because you need to be blessed, because that's not God's will. So for 2019, go into the new 2019 with some joy, with, with some, 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 some effervescence, some joyous expectation that you're going to see new seasons. You're going to see great and wondrous things. You look back on 2018, not with a whole lot of regret, but looking, looking back on what you learned in 2019. And if God brought you through all of those things, all of those challenges that you had in 2018, think about how much more he's going to bring you through in 2019 because of what you learned. The same way David learned that God helped me with slaying that bear and that lion. The same way God brought me through that. God will bring me through anything that is yet to come if you're in line with his will. And, and trust me, 2019 will have its share of challenges. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.